You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hour number two of Crunch Time here on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Not sure what happened with my voice there. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, hit us up on the game hotline. It's 337-706-0111 here in Acadiana. You can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. So, apparently, I have been told that I am missing out with four Christmases. It is a must-watch is what I've been told. So uh, I will give it a shot. But you want to know what else is a must-watch, James? You ready for this? Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. You know, it, it took two years of it being out for me to actually give it a chance. Because about a year and a half ago when it first came out, or almost two years ago, I watched the first episode, wasn't really a huge fan, and moved on. But, but you know, everybody says, oh, you got to get past the first episode. You got to get past the first chapter of a book. You got to get past the first season, blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll, watch a, I'll watch a second episode. By the end of the second episode, I was hooked. Absolutely hooked. The jokes are funny. The... One-liners are, are, are great. Uh, it's it's about a... Jason Sudeikis plays a football coach, an American football coach, that leaves his family behind in America and goes to England to coach soccer in the top league in England. Man's never coached a soccer game in his life. And, and he learns how to coach soccer, and it's hilarious. Uh, so if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, you you definitely have to uh, to check it out um, because it, it's just so in, in the show he and his best friend who was one of his assistant coaches uh, they coached at Wichita State. One of the best lines from the show. I don't know why I like this line so much, but it made me laugh when I heard it. He looks at him. They're they're standing outside uh, the London Bridge, and he says, "Coach, I, I got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore." It was like a Wizard of Oz reference. I just found it so funny. But anyways, uh, enough enough about my, my TV binge watch. Two hours later. Wow. Wow. You finally used the drop. It took you long enough. You know how long I have been harping on you to use those sound effects? Wow, James, bravo. You did your job. Let's give it up for James Mesh, everybody. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. I like how this one that we don't have is a hand clapping. We should we should get a hand clap. That's that's pretty solid. Um, but any, anyways. James, let's talk about your Boston Celtics. Getting a... God, I love talking about them. Getting, getting <laughs> an incredible win oh, over... Oh. So here, here's the thing. For three and a half quarters. No, for the first three quarters. Okay, I'm sorry. For the, for the first, first three quarters, quarters, they pretty much had it. You had control. They had control. 
And then the and then the first seven minutes of the fourth quarter, even a little, even the tail end of the third quarter, uh, they. They just, I don't know what happened. They just lost all the momentum. You blew a 20-point lead. That's what happened. And they went you down turned, as much as 12. You turned a 20-point lead to a 13-point lead for the Lakers. Yeah. It was a 33-point swing there. And then, not only do you come back to tie it to force overtime, you outscore them 12-8 to eight in overtime to win it by four. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, man. Who is this team? Jason Tatum, the guy might be an MVP. And, you know, we we talk about Heisman moments. You want to talk about an MVP moment? It's that spin move fadeaway that he hit right in LeBron's face. To tie the game with a couple seconds left. Looked at LeBron, said, hey, go, go go take a seat. Eat this. Go, go, Go sit down. Watch how it's done. I mean, that was absolutely incredible. Scores 44 on 15 of 29 shooting. I mean, 22 and 7. Are they missing Ime Udoka? I don't think so. Not really. I don't think so. And this is all without Rob Williams. Well, here's the crazy thing. All NBA defensive player. They were a great team last year. But James, what I've seen out of this, and obviously the, you know, the first half was utterly terrible. You've seen you've seen a lot more out of this team than I have. But from what I have seen out of the Celtics so far this year, I think they're a better team this year than they were last year. Oh yeah, and be, and and a lot has to do with them actually playing team ball and actually sharing the ball because before you would you would see them at times show flashes of. This is a team that could really have an efficient offense and really put a defense on their heels. But then there were times when you would see Tatum or Brown or Smart or anyone else that was trying to get a bucket just hold on to it too long. And you're like, dude, there's five seconds left. Why Why is the first pass with five seconds left? But you look at the offense, it, it flows so much more smoothly and it helps because it gets the shots open more. And even when, even if you do have a little bit of an iso ball, it's not like they're doing it every time to where the moves get predictable. And whenever you go to your go-to moves, it's still really effective. And it's and and as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have got older, they've gotten a lot better making shots. And I even showed you a couple of the highlights mm-hmm. of Jalen Brown just hitting fadeaways from mid-range. And you're like, what is that? Who makes those? Right. Jalen Brown makes those. And, and you see, it's crazy because... I told you this earlier. I I thought for the longest time, Jalen Brown was a little overrated. Good player, but people were like, "Oh, you know, Jalen Brown's going to be a top talent in the NBA." And I was like, "I just don't buy that." If you saw his growth from where he started, but when the Celtics turned the corner last year, yep, from that time to now, dude's made me a believer. The kid's good. Like, really good. He's a beast. He He's able to attack just like they're, him and JT. They're both able to attack the basket with ease. They both are really good for mid-range, and both of them can absolutely shoot from behind the arc. It, it's like it, it's it's 1A and 1B. Who, who are you going to stop? Because even if one's not having the best night, you still have the other one, and then you still have a bunch of other players like Marcus Smart who, if you watch them, he's gotten stronger over the years. 
and pretty much almost plays like a center at times. Just kind of bullies other guards into the paint and just gets easy baskets. So, you know, we, we talked about Joe Missoula and, and the time, the, the year that he's been having. And I was skeptical at first. I was like, I don't know what's going to happen with this. Now you don't have Ime. And it, it felt like Ime was the guy that really kind of brought them together. Correct. No, absolutely. But, but at this point so far, it's felt like not necessarily that he was, that Ime Odoka was, is irrelevant, but he wasn't as significant, it feels like, so far. It feels like Joe Mazzula, if anything, has improved this team even better in but taking the next step forward. But here's my question. So Joe Joe Mazzula has been named the interim head coach. Correct. Ime Udoka is still under contract with the Boston Celtics. Correct. Say this team goes back to the finals under Joe Mazzula. Do you go back to Ime Udoka? Like that's a that's a tricky situation that you've got yourself in. I think that's something you talk with with your players and staff. Do you, do you just buy out Ime and let him go coach somewhere else? Do you or trade him? <laughs> maybe trade him? Can, do can you, you can you trade Ime to maybe someone else? Who's do interested? you let? Do you maybe trade Joe Mazzula? Like there, there there's a lot of that. That's going to be an interesting debate this summer. Uh, what 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 the Celtics are going to do at head coach? I think it ultimately comes down to you have conversations with everybody. Yeah. And and see where everybody stands because if if you're if you're Brad Stevens, you got to see where everybody's headspace is when it comes to this. And what what do you think? If we went this way, how would you feel? As a Celtics fan, what do you want? To me, do you not do you not care? Just as me, long as the team's winning. To me. They they both have shown so far that they can get it done. So it to me, there's not a real night and day when it comes to this. So wh- whoever Brad Stevens and the Celtics organization chooses for the future in 2023 in in past that, uh, I trust them because to me, this is a historic franchise that knows how to win, and I trust their judgment on who they want their coach to be. Be interesting to see what happens there. Recapping some top stories in the world of sports. France took down Morocco 2-0 in the World Cup semifinal earlier today. Uh, Mississippi State has announced that their defensive coordinator, Zach Arnett, will become their permanent head coach. He is set to sign a a four-year contract with the Bulldogs. Uh, Grant Wall, who was a world-renowned soccer journalist who, who died in Qatar during the World Cup just a couple weeks ago, I was discovered that he died from an aortic aneurysm, according to his wife, uh, that had been brewing for a couple years now that just kind of went undetected. And uh, unfortunately, he, 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 lost his, he lost his life halfway across the world, uh, away from his family. Uh, just absolutely tragic. But, uh, and then, you know, Zach Wilson goes from benched to back up. But according to Wilson... He told the media that he still feels like he's the Jets' future. He said, I definitely believe in myself. I have all the confidence in the world. I think that's how it should be. However, I have to be able to prove that. So maybe maybe the benching worked. Maybe it worked. Wow, isn't that crazy? Oh, don't don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. 
Weird how that works out. Don't do that, because if it wouldn't have worked, if it have broke him even more, I could have sat here and said, I told you so, and you wouldn't have liked it. So don't even do that. Don't do that. You were right, James. Don't get used to it. Because you say he was broken even more. It was like the way he was talking to the media. One broken. Not then. Man was still at an all-time high. Not then. Even after losses. Man said, it ain't my fault. <laughs> so he will replace Joe Flacco as the number two quarterback uh, with their game against the Lions on Sunday. Oh, Joe Flacco. So d- does Flacco just, you know, go to the practice squad? Like, how does... Or do you, are you going to keep three QBs on the active roster? I guess you normally do. You keep him on the active roster, but he's just not one of the guys that suits up, more likely than not. Um, and then White's dealing with a rib injury. Oh, dude got crushed. He so got he, crushed. So according to the Jets, he's expected to start the game, but... Depending on what happens, you may see right. Zach Wilson come in relief. Well, not only that, but, you know, say Saturday morning, Mike White wakes up and goes, Coach, I don't know how I can play. I mean, what, what do you do? You got to go to Zach Wilson at that point. All right, Zachy boy, get in here. Um, so definitely interested to see uh, how, how that's going to shake up now. Uh, Darren Francis hit me up on Twitter, and he said, I'd rather Joe Flacco as my starter. I, I, I mean, maybe. If, you, if you'd seen some of the past... Flacco's, Flacco's a little washed now. If you've seen what Zach Wilson has done, whether it's his decisions or him throwing the ball, it's like, you, you'd be like, God, I, even I can make that throw. <laughs> And he sails it 15 um, yards over his head. It's, true. it's like, okay, Zach, what are you doing? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know that I'd go as far as saying I want Flacco as my starter. Maybe for the rest of the season, sure. But, like, long term? Like like Darren had said before, he was not a fan of the pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he was a little overhyped. I, I don't think he deserved to be a number two pick. Um, but... I, th- you know. I think he, I think he would have been better as a mid to late first rounder. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Po- possibly farther down because he would have been better. Getting taken second was ridiculous. He would have been better off getting drafted by a team where he would have been drafted as the backup, and you would have, you would have done the Aaron Rodgers method. You sat there for two, three years, learned the system, learned from a great quarterback, or even what they did with Mahomes. Or yeah, I mean even that, like sitting him for about the full year and then. Let him get some action the last week of the season just just to have kind of, just to be able to have reps in. Throwing for him a full in, game. Throwing him into the fire from the get go was, was not the greatest decision I, by the Jets. I I really almost never like when a team does that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh the game one oh three seven Lafayette and one oh four one Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets to a special sneak peek of the new Whitney Houston biopic, I Wanna Dance with Somebody. That's right. See it before anyone else by simply texting Whitney to 68683. That's Whitney to 68683 to score a pair of tickets for a special sneak peek December 20th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. It's the I Want to Dance with Somebody sneak preview brought to you by A. Brian's Jewelers and the game Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. 
take a timeout. When we return, we'll hear from Dennis Allen about the New Orleans Saints as they prepare to take on the Dirty Birds this Sunday. Right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Wanted to let you know really quickly that even though it's Thursday, it's never too late to get NFL Week 15 off started right with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or if you already have an account. You'll get free bets back if your Thursday night same-game parlay doesn't hit. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your pets for a chance at a bigger payday. A quick parlay that I can whip up for you is a Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown, a DK Metcalf anytime touchdown, and then the Seahawks money line. Build your own or choose from one of our popular same-game parlays pre-built for you on FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you can bet on the NFL on Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Just sign up with promo code KLWB if you don't already have an account. But if you're already with FanDuel, you're all set. Just sign in and see what you've got. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted pairs is only Three plus leg minimum one dollar bet required refund issued is non withdrawable free bet that expires seven days after the receipt. Max free bet is five dollars. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 877 Stop. All right, so let's have a discussion about that 2021 quarterback class because I find this interesting. Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. If you had to redraft that draft class, Trevor Lawrence still go first? I say Trevor one, Justin two, Mac three. Mm. Really? You're you're contemplating putting Trey Lance or Zach Wilson ahead of Mac Jones? I uh, Zach Zach is the fifth. Uh, I think I think you can alternate between Mac and Trey. I, I still believe that Trey can make a big impact in this league. Interesting. I know it, I know it hasn't been a good start. See, I have, but I think with more development, you could see something really big blossom. I have Trevor, Mac. No, Trevor, Justin Fields. There you go. Mac, Trey, Zach Wilson. Okay. Um, I, I think Trey is definitively fourth. Do I think he could be good in the league? Yeah. Um, however, I, just, I, just I don't think, think it's with the 49ers. I just think here's the thing. Are you looking for more of a floor guy or a ceiling guy? No. Because sure. Mac definitely has, in my eyes, a bigger floor. But, man, Trey Lance has so much more of a ceiling. I agree. So, to me, if you're investing that high in a quarterback, I'm always going to go for the ceiling guy more than the floor guy. 
That's fair. That's fair. I, I don't disagree with that. Update the poll question. What is your favorite Christmas movie? So far, 35% of you say Elf. 22% of you say National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. 30% of you say Home Alone. And then other... It's a Wonderful Life is on our TV every Christmas Eve. It's courtesy of our guy, Craig Wall. It's actually not a bad move. Great movie. Uh, Tan says... Oh, it's a gift from Die Hard. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? <laughs> uh... Darren Francis posted a GIF. I'm not sure what movie that is. Um, Who Dat Forever says, I like how Deadpool takes place <laughs> around Christmas time in Canada, yet it looks like it's 70 degrees outside. And then also we got told Home Alone 2, which is a, a great one. Um, Christmas with the Cranks, the Santa Claus movies, like there, there's so many good ones. I remember watching on Cartoon Network as a kid during about this time of the year, like the the three holidays: Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. They would con- they would play a a themed movie pretty much every year in rotation. There was one for Halloween. I think there was one for Thanksgiving, but there was one uh, for Christmas that I really enjoyed, and it was a cartoon one. And uh, it was about how the grandma lost her memory because she got hit by a reindeer. I think it was. I think it was pretty much called like "Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer." I mean, that's a classic song. So yeah, I mean, the movie was probably made based on the song. I think so. Yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I really enjoyed always watching that one. Grandma got kid. run over by a reindeer walking home from our house yeah, on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, you can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. Absolutely. Yep. That's, Absolutely. That's the one. <laughs> Great song. Love Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. You need to go watch the movie. I don't feel bad for Grandma at all. It was her fault. Oh. It's her fault. She knew the reindeer were coming. It's her fault. Um, Noah Syndergaard signing a contract to join the Los Angeles Dodgers because the Dodgers needed to get better. Whatever. Hate the Dodgers. They're just like the Falcons to me. Just utterly disgraceful. Could could fall could fall off the face of the earth. I just hate the Dodgers so much. Um, I mean, congrats to Noah Syndergaard. I, I have no ill will towards the man, but he's going to a terrible team. Um, speaking of terrible teams, James, let's talk about fantasy. Your boy went two and twelve this year. Woohoo! You finished under H Town Wheelhouse. Yeah, I did. Dead last. Gotta love it. Two and twelve. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. I didn't put any money into that league. It's fine. The two leagues that I put money into, doing okay. Made the consolation bracket in one of them. But in the way we set up the money pool, the consolation bracket winner gets 100 bucks. So I'm still fighting for 100 bucks. Um, and, and then in the league I did with you, second place, got the bye. I love how, you, I love how you've lost the last two games, yet you're still on the bye. I mean, I'm just that good. It's because Landon lost as well. Just that good. I, just, I hope you know I, I'm coming. I'm in. I'm on the same side bracket as you. I'm coming. Oh, I know. If you win, your I, I play you. If you win this week, otherwise you play Micah again. I'm I'm coming for you. I'm coming for Micah. I'm coming for all of you. I'm gonna quote that. I'm coming, and guess what? It's Louie. I'm bringing my bags with me, and it's Louie, baby. 
I'm, I'm taking your money. I am taking your money like taking candy from a baby. I just, I hope you know. Do not feel sorry when you are crying in a corner while I'm making it rain with, with, with your dollar bills. Okay? Just, I'm just going to let you know now. Um, the Bills and the Dolphins tomorrow night, or, or Saturday night, for some Saturday primetime football, they are looking at intense snow yet again in Buffalo. Tua says he isn't overly concerned about what the weather might be, calling playing in the cold a mindset thing. It really is. It's just Interesting. I think for me it's understanding that there could be many things. It could be snowing, it could rain, I don't know. For me it's a mindset thing. If I'm too focused on is it too cold, can I grab the ball, then I'm focused on the wrong things. It'll be hard to play that way going up there and playing against a really good team. That's going to be a great matchup. And the the Saints and the Falcons were originally rumored to be playing in one of those three Saturday slots, but I believe that it was flexed back to the noon spot on Sunday just a couple of weeks ago. Um, always weird to have NFL on Saturdays. Even in the playoffs, like it's still strange to me. Like The, the NFL is on Sundays. And one game on Mondays. And, I mean, I I guess I can live with a game on Thursday. But, like, Saturday NFL, that's so weird. No, Saturday's college football. Strange. Yeah, but college football will start to wrap up. Bowl games start on Saturday, bruh. I know. But still. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) No, no, no. I I always forget that you're just so much more of a college football guy. As as everyone should be, <laughs> it's better. But anyways, I I digress because we're not going to get into that argument. Uh, anyways, the game one hundred three seven Lafayette and one hundred four one Lake Charles wants to stuff your stocking with a five hundred dollar Visa gift card. It's the Christmas comes early sweepstakes presented by Armentar Jewelers. Simply enter in the game rewards club at one hundred three seven thegamecom dot com or one hundred four one thegamecom dot com for a chance to score a five hundred dollar Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes, powered by Armentar Jewelers and the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Take a timeout. Brendan Ertle of Canal Street Chronicles joins us from Viva Las Vegas for Houdat Wednesday up next here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. He's going to go. Touchdown, Saints. Who's ready for some New Orleans Saints talk? We are. Here is Good at Wednesdays with Canal Street Chronicles' Brendan Ertle on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Brendan Ertle, what's good, my guy? What's going on, guys? Viva Las Vegas, am I right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, you, you don't sound happy to be in Vegas. I mean, if if you've been, you know it's it's just a wannabe New Orleans, you know. It's Oof. just not the same. Oof. So call uh, them out, why don't you? So it, it, is what is what's happening in Vegas staying in Vegas or? Uh, game game plan wise, you know, it's a business week. You know. It's fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um. All right. So Eno Benjamin in, in the black and gold. He torches the black and gold like four weeks ago, and now you know wearing the black and gold. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's probably the most positive news we've had in a couple weeks, and 
uh, it's probably a good thing we didn't even play this week. So, uh, yeah, I think it's it's a solid move. I, I thought um, they should have tried to get him the first time they did, but the Texans grabbed him. Um, I, I don't know why the Cardinals cut him, but I heard there was some, you know, coach and player altercations that happened, and he just, they decided to go in a different direction. And his best game, of course, came against the Saints. Uh, the Texans pick him up, and uh, he didn't do a lot there. They didn't use him a lot. Uh, didn't give him much of an opportunity. So they waved him. We grab him, and um, I think we'll be using him a lot more than the Texans did. Um, and uh, it's a solid move. I mean, it can't be much worse than what's been going on. I mean, they have David Johnson and Dwayne Washington and, uh, you know, Mark Ingram just went down. So I think it made sense. Um, and we'll see, you know, how much he can do in these four games, maybe these three games if he doesn't play this week. But, um, yeah, I, I like the prospect. Only two years in the league and at Arizona State and, you know, big play potential. One thing that does interest me, though, is he did get – he did get cut by the Cardinals in the middle of the season, but another thing is he only played the one game with the Texans, so that's that's what really gets my attention is why did the Texans get rid of him so soon after claiming him? Yeah, and, and that, that's kind of the concerning thing is um, Texans, of course, are the bottom of the league, but they also don't have many running backs. The running backs they do have are hurt, so I don't know what their situation is in the backfield right now, but it's not looking good. So I don't, it didn't make sense to me when they, when they released them, but, um, you know, our situation in a lot of ways is similar, uh, with the lack of running back depth. So, I mean, absolute worst, he's just here for depth. And, um, if it's for four games, it's for four games. So, um, you know, it sucks that Mark Ingram career with the Saints possibly ended the way it did. And, um, I mean, we'll see what happens there, but uh, they're going to have to find a running back too, whether it's this year, next year, or in the draft. But, um, yeah, they need to find someone who next uh, to go next to Kamara. And uh, I think Eno's a good start. You can take a look, and there's really no risk, um, and there's a high reward. So, I mean, might as well do it. Yeah, I, I'm going to skip because you did mar- mention marking him. I'll, I'll go straight to that. I mean, this is – possibly and probably the last downs that he played as a New Orleans Saints. And this may be potentially the last time that Mark Ingram even suits up in the NFL. Yeah, and he went on the K show, uh, the K Adams show, and he was like, no, I'm still playing. I still want to play a couple more years. And, you know, his mindset might be like that, but I don't know if another team would necessarily think that. Um, If it's going to be anywhere, I think it would probably be the Saints uh, just because of the familiarity and, I don't think any team's going to go out there and pay him what he wants to be paid and uh, give him the role he wants to play. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, Ingram was one of my favorite players growing up. He was a great back. And uh, just these past couple of years haven't been the same because he's getting out there in age. But, you know, guys like Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson are free agents, and they haven't got much interest. And I think he'd be in a similar situation if, you know, he doesn't, renegotiate with the Saints and re-sign. Um, but, yeah, I, I think if I had to guess, I think that would be his last down with the Saints. I don't know what the interest is around the league, but uh, it just sucks, really sucks the way we'll always remember Ingram as that last play, kind of like Drew Brees, that, that last game he had. But it's just not It's not the whole story. It's not the way uh, it, it went, and it's not the way it was supposed to go. But uh, loved Ingram. Um, always will love that guy. Uh, the combo of Kamara and Ingram were always so special. And, 
uh, I don't think we'll forget that. Probably the best duo of Saints backs in probably history. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I don't think he'll play for another team because at this point he looks really slow and you're not going to even put him out there for special teams. So if he's not going to be super effective in the run game and can't do special teams, then I don't see why you would have interest in him. But looking towards this week now against the Falcons, seems to be another week, another novel of injuries for the Saints. While on the other hand, the Falcons have just two players injured. One of them is Marcus Mariota, who's done for the year, so don't know why he landed on the report. And then the other one's just a backup guard. (laughs) Uh, What's the craziest part of of that injury report is it's probably the most healthy the Saints have been this season, I'd argue, uh, with Marshawn back, hopefully with Pete back, with Eric McCoy back, Juwan Johnson. Um, But there's still a ton of injuries on the team. And I don't know if the season would have went differently if we didn't have injuries. I mean, we can't go back and tell. And if Sean Payton was here, who would have known what would have happened? And, uh, you know, Sean and that roster last year dealt injuries, and they won nine games. And it's tough. And the hard part about this matchup is now you face a rookie quarterback that um, I really liked coming out of the draft. I thought the Saints should have take, took a closer look at him at least. Um and he's at least some sort of a mobile quarterback, and we struggle against guys like that. And it's a rookie quarterback we don't have any film on. So we know how that goes, and the history doesn't go go too well with us playing quarterbacks the first time. And um, I, I think this game doesn't really mean much for the Saints in terms of, in terms of their season. Um, they'd have to win out, and they got a couple tough teams left. Uh, they really blew it last week, and... The, the fact that the Bucks uh, lost again is just just makes too much sense, and it's, it's frustrating. Um, but if if they lose this week, I could see a lot of things start to go sideways with this team. And uh, I, I think Dennis needs this win. Uh, a lot of players on this team need this win. And if you drop this game, I think you can start to see a lot of players start to probably mentally and physically check out. The Saints had the golden ticket last week in Tampa Bay, and they just let it slip down the drain. It's 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 extremely frustrating, and we talked about that uh, on the last show. It's like now the Saints will win three of the next four; they'll figure it out. And we still haven't seen Jameis. Um, that situation will be ugly. It's not going to be a attractive situation. And uh, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about Sean uh, in the show a little bit, but um, definitely doesn't help Dennis Allen that the quarterback position hasn't been too great either. So, yeah, it's. About as miserable as it, it could be. No doubt about it. And, you know, looking at the last four games, you've got Atlanta, Carolina, the Bill, the Browns, and the Eagles. Uh, you, what, what, what's the record over the last four games? So, I think they'll beat the Falcons. I think they'll beat Carolina. Um, so then you look at the Browns and the Eagles. And the way the Browns have been playing, I mean, I think we could beat the Browns as well. And that goes back to that Tampa game. And uh, those are three very, very winnable games and probably games that you should win. And the fact that you blew that Tampa game, that that's your season right there. That's your playoff spot. And I, the, the, the real important thing about this is we didn't deserve a playoff spot, kind of like last year. It just kind of didn't feel like we were a playoff team. We were just kind of in a situation for a playoff spot. So... I mean, am I heartbroken? No. It just feels like better mentally and 
you feel more confident about the players and coaches you have if you do make the playoffs. So I, I, I do think they should beat Atlanta at home. They should beat Carolina at home. And, you know, the Browns will be tough with Deshaun, but he hasn't looked too great. And, of course, you got the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm not going to mention them, but they're playing really, really, really good football. And I think a lot of decisions made with that team earlier in the season um, will be looked upon this offseason and uh, regretted a little bit. Going back to Sean, uh, now that you kind of look at in the Chargers, they even though I don't believe in Brandon Staley, they still are winning. They're seven and six, and they're second in the AFC West. I mean, right now, where do you think is the most likely spot for Sean Payton to go if he does return in twenty twenty three? It's it's tough because we saw that uh, report this week that um from from a Santa Florida that Sean does expect you know at some capacity to come back this year um any the the saints were mentioned as a landing spot and uh i think looking at it right now the chargers are playing you know not probably as should as as good as they should be but it's good enough to where no one's going to lose their jobs no one's going to lose their starting spots so i I think for right now the chargers positions kind of you know, X'd out. I think there may be a couple spots that we're not really thinking about right now. And um, it, the, the interesting thing is, I don't think Sean Payton ever expected uh, Dennis Allen to not work out with the Saints. And I think if, you know, you do decide to move on from BA, that, you know, Mickey and Sean are such close friends, I think he's going to at least ask. I mean, he's like, do you have any sort of interest to come back and coach this team? And if he doesn't, he doesn't. And if he does, um, there will be a team out there that has interest. I mean, if if the Chargers don't fire their coach, if um, certain teams don't fire their coach, there will be a team that will trade for Sean Payton uh, and get rid of their coach. I mean, he's that good of a coach, and there's only, you know, you could argue two to three coaches maybe better than him at this time, and just the culture, culture-wise and um, football IQ-wise. So um, I wouldn't necessarily cross out the Saints, but it, it'd be a long shot for him to come back. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough. I'd I'd mention the Cardinals again. I I think their season's pretty much over. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's won like what one home game as a Cardinals coach, and that was uh, against the Saints or this season at least. Um, Kyler's done for the season, so uh, I mean I I know they expected to have higher goals than what they're at right now. So uh, that could be a spot. Uh, I know Sean keeps re- reiterating that he doesn't necessarily need a franchise quarterback and. I think that's important because Sean's always talked about how much he loves Jimmy Garoppolo and he will be a free agent. So, uh, so will Tom Brady. So, um, those could be two quarterbacks that he could bring, you know, anywhere he goes. Also continuing that one team that I feel like is some, a team that no one really mentions it. I had talked about it with Jeff Duncan on Monday. What do you think about the Texans being one since they have a lot of draft capital Still got a solid, a solid amount of uh, cap space, and e- even if you trade like a first and a third, you still have plenty of it from the Deshaun trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a team that I've looked at too. Um, but when looking at a, at, at a at a team for him next, I'm really looking about management and culture because that's what he keeps mentioning is like, will will the owner, will the GM, kind of let him take control like the Saints did with when he was here. Um, and that's why I kind of never really thought that the Cowboys would work out because it feels like 
there's a lot of people in that building that want power, that want, you know, to make the big decisions. So I never thought that that would be a good spot for him. Um, so the Texans were like, yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you the keys. You can make decisions. Um, I think that could be an option, but I, I know they've had some issues in their front office with certain things and, you know, moving pieces. So maybe that's not as, as attractive, even if they can, you know, take their quarterback of the future with that number one overall pick that they'll probably end up getting. So if, if he's interested in building a program from the bottom up, building a quarterback from the ground up, I, I think that could be something for sure. But I think he's looking more for culture. Um, it, it, it's really a unique situation and uh, something we'll probably never see for a long time just because it's not like he was fired for any reason. He just kind of stepped away and he kind of gets to pick his next team and whatever team he's going to go to is firing their coach for whatever reason. So it's really a unique situation, but I'm glad that we're approaching that, that time where we can figure out the answer about this whole thing. All right. Rapid fire. Do the saints win on Sunday? They have to. And then lastly, lastly, what man, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, favorite Christmas movie. Okay, y'all, y'all help me out. What, what are your favorite Christmas movies? I mean, Elf is a classic. Polar Express, Home Alone. I'm not a big. I'm not a big movie guy. I'm not a big movie guy. I, I, I mean, Elf was good. Um, it was fine. Uh, I can't. Here, I'll tell you my worst. I hate, hate, hate The Grinch. Hate it. Oh. Can't stand it. Oh, Brendan. Oh, I Brendan. I can't stand it, man. Oh man. Okay, maybe if you're maybe, watching, I'm not coming over. May, maybe I want Florida to win now. Okay. Maybe I want Florida All to right. win now. Fine by me. <laughs> Fine by me. Brendan Ertle joining us from Las Vegas. Brendan, appreciate you as always, bud. Enjoy the experience this weekend. And uh, we'll yes, talk sir. again next week. Appreciate you guys. Tune in next week for another edition of Hood at Wednesdays here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Wrapping up today's show. Saw a story that, that's interesting. Nebraska is going to celebrate their 100th anniversary of college football this this season. So in honor of that, they're going to do two things. Their ticket, their season ticket prices are going to be decreased by $100. So for, instead of $420, it's going to be $320 for seven games. And then, James, this is where it's going to be a really good deal. The concession stand prices are going to go back to what they were in 1923. I mean, you're going to get a can of Coke for like five cents. That's going to be Wow. Pretty swell, if you ask me. A, a beer might be 50 cents. That might be pushing it. That might be a little high. That, that might be a little high. You're right. That's, wow. I think it probably is a little high. Wow. Are, are, are you going to need some added security at the Nebraska football stadium? Man, go Huskers. Lordy. 
Shout out to Jay Walker and Brendan Ertle for joining us today. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them, and we'll see you tomorrow here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. It's time to throw it over to Maplewood Burgers and Jim Gazzolo for the McNeese Coaches Show. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome to a Hoot at Wednesday version of Crunch Time right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Matt and Miguez here on what has been a rainy, nasty Tuesday, Wednesday afternoon, excuse me, uh, tornadoes everywhere you look, uh, New Iberia was hit really hard, North Louisiana hit really hard, uh, as well as Southeast Louisiana currently getting just absolutely blasted by severe weather, uh, obviously thoughts and prayers are, are with everyone affected, um, it, you know, it, it's, it's never fun to, uh, to watch that go down, even when you aren't uh, affected, you still feel for for the people that are. So uh, thoughts and prayers out to the victims of today's wild storms here in Louisiana. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast at Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. We're going to recap the World Cup semifinal today as France took down Morocco 2-0 to move on to the final to take on Argentina on Sunday. If France were to win the World Cup again, they would be the first team to repeat since 1962 when Pele did it with Brazil. So, history on the line for, for Kylian Mbappe and company. I will also talk about the Pelicans falling to the Utah Jazz last night, 121-100. to We'll look at the Celtics coming back from 13 down to beat the Lakers in OT. Shout out James Mesh. Appreciate you boys for getting that done. Uh, And so much more on on today's edition of Crunch Time at 4.30. Jay Walker will join us for Cajuns Corner. We'll recap back-to-back wins for Bob Marlin and the Rage of Cajuns basketball team. We'll also start previewing the Independence Bowl next Friday in Shreveport against Houston and then at 5 30 Brendan Ertle will join us for Who Dat Wednesday. Brendan coming to us from Viva Las Vegas as Oregon State prepares to take on Florida in the Las Vegas Bowl. Man, th- that guy just lives his best life. I just lives his best life. Uh so we'll we'll chat it up with him and uh James, we have good news to discuss when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. We have been saying all season long, you gotta go get a running back. You gotta go find somebody to compliment Alvin Kamara. And I think you did it today. You picked up Eno Benjamin off the waiver wire after he was released by the Texans earlier this week. Uh, I, I love the move. I really enjoyed it as well. I just wonder why did Arizona and Houston? Get and, rid of him. That to me, that's a as much as I like what I've seen from the tape from Eno Benjamin. I still wonder why did both of these teams get rid of him, especially the Texans. And that and that's so a good quickly. thing to wonder. 
that that is a good thing to wonder um because i i kind of thought the same thing a little bit but i i don't know maybe maybe there's there's something there that, that we're not seeing but you know if it works out for the saints on the field i think they got very lucky and it's going to pay dividends because benjamin's young he's only been in the league two three years two yeah i mean right. so he's He's ripe at 23. He's, he's very young. So, as, as opposed to just trotting out David Johnson at 30 years old. So, I mean, think about it. Ten years from now when he retires, if he becomes, you know, this stud for the Saints, we got him on the waiver wire. Look at that. Another player that didn't come from the draft. Shocking how that works, huh? It's funny It's funny how many Saints players so, so here's have an been idea. successful that were either super late in the draft or like undrafted or like so, a signing. So here's an idea. Or a every claim. every draft scout that the Saints have, fire. Bye. Get new ones. They're clearly not they're very good at their job. Keep the ones that know how to do Ohio State though. Oh yeah. That always works out. They're oh uh, we're we're the Ohio State of the NFL. It just it just works. Um, and I, I'm not mad at it. No. No, not not at all. But it's funny because we talk about the Saints and the injury report came out not too long ago. <laughs> course saints always fill they they fill that thing up real good. oh they, they they know how to write a book oh dude they, they're good at writing novels each yeah, week absolutely and then you look at atlanta what two people two <laughs> one of them is marcus Mariota, who's who's on ir who's gonna Touch be out for the, for the year. year so yeah. it's okay all you have to worry about is uh chuma edoga I, I, one of their backup wish, one of their I, backup I guards say, i wish i could tell you who that was one of their one of their backup guards so all right. relatively well. healthy and the only thing is, since Marcus Mariota is out for the rest of the season, Desmond Ritter time, baby. Desmond Ritter, I I, I think that's going to pay off for Atlanta. Oh yeah, I think I think he's going to have a good career in the league. He's had thirteen games to yeah. uh, kind of sit back, had a week off, and week. Well, he was off last week as well. So both teams got the bye week to kind of rest up for this matchup. So it'll be interesting to see how well does Desmond Ritter play in his first ever game. So I've I've got a topic that that has come to light probably in the last twenty minutes that that I kind of want to discuss because I think it's a little rash and if you want to bring your thoughts to the table it's three three seven seven zero six zero one 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 Mississippi State and defensive coordinator Zach Arnett have agreed to terms to make him the school's next head football coach. Arnett is expected to receive a four-year contract, which has not been signed yet. The decision comes in the wake of Mike Leach's death. The school wants to give the players a strong leader to help them through the grieving process and give them stability. Zach is the guy for that. He understands MSU, and he's going to build on the foundation that Coach Leach set. Now, I know Arnett's been on their staff for, for a few years now, and you know he's he knows the program, he knows the players all of that. You know, that's that's all great and fantastic. However, this man has never coached a single game in college football. Now, has it worked before? Sure. It works. Look at Billy Napier. Look at Michael Desermo. It works. On occasions. James, I'm going to bring you in here when I ask this question. Do you think this decision 
was made emotionally. It felt kind of quick. Because Leach only only passed Monday night. Tuesday morning, yeah. So Thir- this feels we're pretty talking quick. 36 hours ago. And it, it's not like you doing 36 hours of kind of, I guess, deep dive into people. It's not like you looked at a bunch of candidates. Well, no. You didn't look at anybody. It's another, it's another one of those promote from within. And I and I like that because you have that familiarity and it's somebody that already knows the culture that you want to set. Right. Because they're they're a part of it. They're already there. And and that is a move that can work out very well. It but definitely it, could, but then there are times. But at the same time, you made this move forty eight hours after your coach passes. I don't know. I just I feel like it's a little quick. I, I feel like I would have let him coach the bowl game, see how that goes, maybe interview him, interview a couple other candidates, go from there. But removing the interim tag forty eight hours after you placed the interim tag on him just it seems a little fast to me. Uh, let's go to the hotline now, Martin. What's going on, bud? Oh, not too much, man. Looks like we're going to be in for a real good treat come Sunday at 8 a.m., huh? With the World Cup, France, uh, France Argentina. I No one's playing like they hungry. They want to win this one for Messi. You know, I mean, uh, what's your thoughts on that, buddy? I mean, I think I it'll... Probably gonna... I, I think it'll be a good match. Um, and, and I really like the team that Argentina's put together this year. But I just I don't know. France is France is special, and uh, they, don't they have another? Go ahead. Don't, don't they have another good player on that team too? That's a, a top player. Uh, Zimbabwe or whatever yeah. his name. I thought they had somebody else that's on there. Yeah, like a couple of good players. They they do. Antoine Griezmann, uh, Aiden has uh, Olivier Giroud. They they've got a couple of of superstars. Now uh, Argentina got uh, that other little guy. Is it Jimenez or something like that? Julian Alvarez. That, that did, yeah, Alvarez. Yeah, he he's pretty pretty electric man. I've seen some highlights of that one. But uh, anyway. Kind of stressing out, you know, about my Cowboys, you know, because, I mean, yes, this could be possibly one of the best teams they, they're going to bring into the playoffs that they had in a long time. But in the back of my mind, I keep thinking, wouldn't it be the most Cowboy thing to do to get into the playoffs and lose from a garbage team from the NFC South? Or, yeah, the South or whatever that they're going to have to – I mean, it, it just keeps going through my mind. I mean – I don't know. I don't know what to think about them Cowboys. You know, uh, hopefully we can get it done, you know. But my question to you is, if they lose in the wild card round, do you think Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat? And could possibly we, we have still have a shot at Sean Pete? On the hot seat as in getting fired like this offseason? Yes, because I, I heard on a few other shows that uh, – like if he like an early round exit, like they they probably gonna fire him. You know the, you know the, uh, 
you know, even though he had a good regular season and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, man. Uh, and there's one, one, one other thing I want to bring out. I heard on a, on a PTI yesterday. Did you hear that they changing the NBA MVP award to the Michael Jordan award? Correct. I think I think that's a good little move. You know, even though I'm not one for individual awards, but uh, I think that's a good. As long as they don't need an award. After LeBron James, I'm all good for it. You yeah, know they, I mean? They named, they, on, named, they named the but NBA. anyway, uh, I, I appreciate y'all, man, and thank you for taking my call. Appreciate you, Martin. Yeah, they they named the MVP award, the Michael Jordan award, and the Rookie of the Year award is now the Wilt Chamberlain award. There was there was a couple other uh, changes that they had made to uh, to their awards. But going back to the Mike McCarthy thing. They are are the Cowboys really gonna fire Mike McCarthy? Really? A guy who took over the Cowboys had injury issues every single season that he has been there. Last year they were twelve and five. And so far this year they're ten and three. You really gonna fire that guy? James? Really? I mean, I understand Jerry and, and Sean Payton is like this father-son thing that, you know, Jerry just absolutely adores Sean Payton, and I get it. But what kind of precedent do you send? Because let, let's be honest. When, Sean, you're, when you're firing a coach after, right. after you make a, a playoff run. Sean Payton's not going to coach forever. So when he retires and you, you have to find a successor... What kind of precedent are you going to set for 10 years down the line when people are looking at the Cowboys going, oh, they, they fired coaches out of the blue just to hire the guy that they want? My job might be on the line you know, at any time. I mean, I, I might be the guy right now, but... Right. Will I be the guy tomorrow? Now, I could understand it if you... I'm, I could understand it if Mike McCarthy took them to the playoffs and they lost in the first round for three or four years in a row. Correct. I could understand that, but doing it after the second year, correct? It feels it would feel like because I'm not too even soon. I'm not even going to count their first year. I mean, they went they went six and ten during the COVID season, which I mean that's not great, but you also dealt with a lot of injuries. It was a new team, you know. COVID, there there was a lot of circumstances to to that season that, that factor into that. You come back last year, twelve and five. And then you just ran into a buzzsaw that was the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. And then now you're ten and three on the season, second in the NFC. Who who or or I'm sorry, you're currently fourth in the NFC. Like who's who's mad? You that that is not grounds for firing a head coach. Now, if you do lose in the first round to Tampa, I think it starts to pop up a little more. I think I think the seat does get warm. The the seat can warm up, yeah. But I don't. But you're not don't firing him it, this off season to go get Sean Payton. I don't think it should be enough to fire him. No, I, I think I think that what. I think that would set a a bad precedent throughout the league for uh, for what kind of operation Jerry Jones is running in Dallas, and who knows, Jerry Jones may not even care, um, which is 
going to be interesting to see how how that plays out. But the biggest names in today's music are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama in 2023. Hangout Fest returns May 29th to the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, Little Nas X, and more. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, has VIP passes to give away. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage-side pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like no other. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We'll take a timeout here, and when we return, James and I will break down LSU's win over North Carolina Central last night, and we'll break down the World Cup win for France 2-0 over Morocco. You're listening to the game, 237 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. The LSU Tigers taking down North Carolina Central last night, 67-57 to in what was just, I mean, lack of better words, James, it was a ugly game. Uh, LSU shooting 41% from the field, while North Carolina Central shot 44% from the field. LSU was 16% from beyond the arc. And this is a game that they only held a 14-point lead at halftime. LSU and the Pellies kind of had a similar night. They really did. They really did. Um, Both got out-rebounded. Or, well, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> North Carolina only got 31 rebounds. But yeah. still, the, the three-point percentage was putrid. Both under 17%. The, the field goal percentage wasn't great either. Yeah, 41 kind of feels... Like, it's North Carolina that's, Central. Yeah, 40, 41% is not good. As a team, that's not good. You need to be making more. Um, 11 turnovers is, is okay. Uh, you know, I, I hear I hear coaches in, in college ball say a lot, if you can keep it under 15, you're, you're doing okay. Um, they would prefer to keep it under 10, but if you can keep it under 15, you're doing okay. Um, middle, of the, middle of the road with yeah, 11, but I 11 is not bad. And it's just uh, this is one of those games where and look obviously LSU new coach for the most part a pretty new roster they're going to go through some growing pains oh of course uh, that, that's why I didn't have huge expectations for LSU this season since it's McMahon's first season even though we had seen it with Kim Mulkey it, it's to me it's just it's a completely different game but I mean you you got Winthrop and then you've got East Tennessee State and then after that. You've got your break for Christmas, and then starting on December 28th, you're running through a gauntlet. Home against Arkansas, at Kentucky, at A&M, home against Florida, at Bama, home against Auburn, home against Tennessee, at Arkansas, Texas Tech, at Missouri, Alabama, at Mississippi State. I mean, that is just a gauntlet schedule for a team that is – so there are 350 Division I basketball programs in the country. LSU is 216th 
in points per game. That's going to have to get better. It's going to be a long SEC schedule if that doesn't improve. A very long SEC schedule. And they probably expected it to be this year just because, again, growing pains. You're going to go through them. But, man, that is... I don't know. You still had you still had good performances overall from the defensive side. Yeah. You still had five blocks. You still had eight steals. Like you, you still had good amount of turnovers on the defensive side. So you created more opportunities. It's just the fact that they still need to develop their offense. And KJ Williams did what he does. He he scored eighteen. He came into the game averaging eighteen point six. So I mean he. He's doing exactly what you expected him to do. Um, Adam Miller, though. Adam Miller. Tough game. Yeah, he's 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 going to have to be better. Yeah, he had a big O for night. Um, yeah, that that's definitely out of the blue for him. Uh, but And then France winning over Morocco 2-0 in the World Cup. Uh, this game started pretty early, actually. In the fifth minute, Theo Hernandez getting a goal. And it was 1-0 for a very long time. Morocco had plenty of opportunities to get back into the match. But uh, a, a sub came on for France in Randall Colo Muani, and he put one home in the 79th minute to put the dagger in it. And uh, now France and Argentina will play on Sunday at 9 a.m. American time for the World Cup final. Uh, the third-place game will take place on Saturday between Morocco and Croatia, and that one is also at 9 a.m. A couple of baseball headlines to get to, James. How about Carlos Correa getting paid a bag? 13-year, $350 million deal with the San Francisco Giants. Man. So he is now the third big-name shortstop to get a new deal this year with Trey Turner going to the Phillies on a $300 million deal. Xander Bogart's going to the Padres on a $285 million deal. And then now Correa with his 13-year 350. But, you know... Dude will be 41 by the time that contract ends. Correct. He, I, I don't think he plays all 13 years. No. But... Um, I'm sure he'll be out of there by 38. So, you know, people have given the Red Sox some some hell for the last couple of years after you know you you let some big names go uh you know Mookie Betts was was a guy that fans really weren't happy with the the fact that you traded him um and now you've let Xander Bogarts go and now you know Red Sox fans are looking at okay well now you got to try to keep Rafael Devers because I mean you got to have a centerpiece to, to to build around however the Red Sox this this is and th- and this is based on a report the Red Sox were a hundred million dollars shy of what the Padres offered for Bogarts how were you that far off I understand wanting to save money. I could understand 20 mil, 30 mil. You only offered that man $180 million? 
Please tell me the, the contract wasn't the same length. Hometown discount, baby. Oh, my God. And, and now, yeah, like I said, Red Sox fans are now worried that Rafael Devers is going to leave. But what's, what's kind of interesting is that a Red Sox executive said that he believes the team's making the right decisions. You have now let two potential franchise centerpieces walk. I was going to say, don't pay the big guys. Well, I'm sorry, you traded Mookie Betts. You traded Mookie Betts. But still, you, then, got, you, you, don't, you made sure that you didn't have him on your roster, right. so you didn't have to pay him. And then you let Xander walk. That's making the right decisions? Interesting. I mean, look, if it works out for the Red Sox, good for them. But from what we saw on the field last year, it's, it certainly hasn't worked out yet. Um, and, and now they just got one player worse. Maybe they're in there for the marathon, not the sprint. Maybe. Maybe they're just doing a rebuild, and that's fine. Maybe maybe they're rebuilding and like trying to have solid pieces all around. That way it's like you're not not necessarily overpaying, but like you're paying high price for one position or a couple positions. But like I've like I've always said with rebuilds, if you're going to rebuild You need make, somebody to build around. Not not only that, but make sure your fans know that that's what's going on. Because right now the idea is, oh, we're cheap and we're not going to pay the good guys. So now your 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 fans are going to start rioting against you. When, you know, half of them would probably understand if you were just like, look, you know, we're just going to start over. Which again, it's fine if that's the move you're going to make, but again, make sure at least your fans know what's going on. Some way, somehow. I don't, I don't know. But but sitting there saying, oh, we let two All-Stars walk away from us. That's that's the right decision. That, that was the right call. Yeah, that's a, that's a stretch for me, but okay. Tune in tonight from 6 to 7 for the McNeese Coaches Show presented by Maplewood Burgers. Line a bet out of Westlake and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Jim Gazzolo will be talking all things Cowboys as men's basketball coach John Aiken and the game's very own Kevin Foote will join Jim on the program. So tune in tonight starting at 6 for the McNeese Coaches Show right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. James, what you got? I was going to say, I to me, if I'm the Boston Red Sox, I don't necessarily want to give out all the information. I kind of let the my actions speak louder than my words. So it's like if you see me kind of just not going with the guys, I don't necessarily you want to say it's cheap. I could see why you would think it, but it's like I'm not trying to put all my information out there well, for I mean, all the, for all the other teams to look and, at and, and potentially right. take advantage of. Because uh, like, well, you're just trying to sell your team anyway, so give it to me for cheap. Because then you, because then you lose your leverage. No, yep, that's true. And then you get less assets to where you can do your rebuild. Um, I don't know. That just that that seems like a bad situation brewing in Boston. I get it. You want to be in the know, but it's like sometimes you can't give out too too much information no, and, and because that, because fair. then you lose. That's fair. What you're what you're trying to do. Um, maybe maybe send out an email. I don't know specifically to. To, to Red Sox fans Dedicated only. Red Sox fan. Correct. 
Dedicated Red Sox fan at gmail.com. Just want to let you know. Right. Just wanted to fill you in on, on, on what's happening. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. We'll take a timeout right here. Jay Walker joins us next for Cajun's Corner right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Going deep downfield. He's got a receiver. It's caught. Touchdown, Louisiana. Can't get enough of the vermilion and white? Then you're in luck. Here is the Cajun's Corner with the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns, Jay Walker, on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Jay Walker, how are you, sir? I'm wonderful, despite, you know, despite the fact it was a nasty day and, you know, thinking about folks that are, you know, being really affected by this weather. But, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's definitely been a brutal day um, in, in the weather world, no question about it. But, you know, tomorrow night in Lake Charles, you're going to have the the battle of I-10 between the Cowboys of McNeese and, and the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. Uh, the Cajuns coming into this game 9-1, and one, winners of their last four, uh, including a, a 98-63 win over Louisiana Christian the other night where Jordan Brown set a career-high 37 points. I just kind of talk about that game. The Cajuns jumped out to a really fast start, and then they, they kind of let the Wildcats creep back in. Yeah, you know, you, you had a game against you know, what I think is a very worthy opponent Saturday night against Sanford. And then you turn around and 48 hours later, you're playing an NAIA school. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, there's a, there's a thing I think in sports with, with sports fans is I think we always expect our team, regardless of what sport we're talking about or what level we're talking about, you know, I think you, you you expect your team to play at the best level they possibly can every single night. And that's a fallacy. You and I both know that. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, you, 48 hours after dismantling in the second half a very worthy opponent, well, you come back and you beat your next opponent by 35. And at the same time, you didn't play anywhere near your best. But that's okay. I mean, you know, if you if this game would have been played on Wednesday instead of Monday, and if it would have been the only game scheduled this week, then I think my expectations would have been higher. But you know, uh, I didn't expect them to come out and be a top form. They weren't, and they still won by thirty five. So you know, let's go. You know, looking at this team, and we've talked about this a little bit in recent weeks. You know, obviously, you expected Jordan Brown to have a big year, and you knew adding Terrence Lewis was was going to bring an extra layer of an inside presence. But Jay, I've been so impressed with the way that this team has been able to shoot from deep. Well, you know, you got multiple guys who are capable. You know, and and we we saw last year, you know, uh, that Kentrell Garnett, you know, if if he can get open when he gets open can be deadly from three-point range. We also learned last year, um, after, especially after Kobe Julian's injury, that Greg Williams is very capable of going out and getting you 20 on any given night. We also saw last year that Dalcourt, Galen Dalcourt, has his moments when he can be get hot and hit three or four in a row. What I think what happens, Matt, is when you've got multiple guys who can shoot the ball from the perimeter, 
and you you got the six eleven guy who's probably the best player in the league. Um, that that makes for a really good a really good combination. Now the other part is, can you go out and defend night after night? And you know, I I still think that the Cajuns have some improving to do there, but and and I said this to Coach Marlin before the game uh, Monday night. On nights where you're shooting the ball well from the perimeter, you're going to be a tough team to beat. I don't care who you're playing. Uh, and this team's shooting 50% from the field. They're shooting 40% from three. Gee, are you surprised they're 9-1 and one or 8-1? and one? I'm certainly not surprised. No, I, I agree with that. You know, And, and another thing I've heard from, from a lot of fans is, is that this is the deepest roster that Bob Marlin has had in his time at UL. Do you agree with that? Um, you know, I, I think it's close. You know, I, I go back to that 17-18 team that won 27 games. You know, and, and you had, you know, you had you, you had a guy like Jonathan Stove coming off the bench. Um, and, you know, you had you had a, an eight- or nine-man rotation that was awfully good. I You know, that's kind of, I think, what they have now. But, no, there's good depth in this team. Uh, and and guess what? You know the depth's about to increase because we're not far away from Kobe Julian coming back. So um, there's a lot of talent here. Uh, I think so far these guys have done a very good job of not worrying about minutes and just going out and playing when it when it's their time. Uh, hopefully they'll continue to do that. Um, we're looking forward to getting Kobe back, and you know if he can if he can play anywhere near the level he was playing at last year like in January and February before his injury, if he's anywhere near that, then a good team's about to get better. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad you brought Kobe up because that that's an interesting point because, you know, we, we talked about Marlon earlier today and he said that Kobe's been practicing really well and it's now just a matter of when Kobe feels like he's ready to play, he'll play. Um, but But the question that I have, Jay, is, You've seen a lot of times where an injured player will step back into the rotation and there's a second adjustment period to be made. Uh, what do you think that's going to be like for this team? I'm, you know what? I think that's a very good question um, because, you know, you automatically think, holy cow, you know, Kobe Julian's coming back. And, you know, this guy was a, a preseason second team all conference guy and we saw how good he is. But when he comes back, that means that somebody's minutes <laughs> are going to go down uh, because you know, now look, I don't know if you're going to see a time this year when Kobe Julian's playing like 25, 30 minutes. I, I don't know that we'll see that, but you're still going to see him come back. It is still, it, it is still going to be an adjustment period for the, from a rotation standpoint. Uh, from a from a, a teamwork standpoint, because you know he's been practicing for a little while now, but you know, I mean, you know, some of these guys have never played with Kobe, Kobe Julian before. Themis Fultz has never played with Kobe Julian. Terrence Lewis has never played with Kobe Julian. So there is going to be an adjustment period, and and I think everybody needs to understand that because it, it's not okay. Kobe's back, so bang! Now we're going to be even better than ever before. They can be. But there is going to be an adjustment period, and, and, and I think that's something that, that Cajun fans need to understand. Good point on your part. 
Chatting with Jay Walker here on Cajun's Corner. Looking ahead to tomorrow night, Jay, the the battle of I-10 with McNeese. McNeese is is three and seven on the year, but if you look at their schedule, I mean Baylor, Tennessee, Iowa State, they did pick up a pretty good win up in Cedar Rapids against Northern Iowa. Uh, in your opinion, and what you've you've seen, is is this team maybe better than their record indicates? No, I don't think they are. Um, you know, they, they've got they've got some some wins now. Northern Iowa, I don't know how good Northern Iowa is. You know, Northern Iowa's had some years in the Missouri Valley where they've been really really good. Is this one of their better teams? Probably not. Um, and I, I, you know, they're 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 losing to the teams that they're supposed to lose to for the most part, and they're getting by against uh, the other teams. You know, they've beaten Lamar, but Lamar's just. It, Lamar is is just not good at all. Um, you know, and I look and they played Lindenwood and they you know played some other schools. I, I, I you know I think that there's an old saying is you know you are what your record says you are, and I think ten games into the season, I, I think that's starting to be true. I think across the board in college basketball now. There may be, you know, a game here and a game there, but I don't, you know, I don't think McNeese is as good as New Orleans is. Um, I think McNeese is probably better than Lamar. I don't think they're as good as Northwestern. I don't think they're as good as Nichols. Um, and at the same time, having said that, they're going to be excited to play just like New Orleans was a couple weeks ago, and the Cajuns are on the road like they were when they went to New Orleans a couple weeks ago. And, look, I, I remember a year that the Cajuns went to the NCAA tournament, and they were really, really good. This was in the, the 04-05 season. And McNeese was not good, and Chris Cameron had to hit a three-pointer at the buzzer to win by one. So nothing is set in stone. This is a game the Cajuns should win, but they're going to have to go out and play. They can't go out and play poorly. Because McNeese is probably going to play one of their better games of the season because the Cajuns are coming to town. They're going to look at that game the same way UNO looked at it a couple weeks ago. Transition into football now. A couple questions for you, Jay. I know you've been in this business for, for a pretty long time. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on the, the passing of Mike Leach? You know, Mike Leach turned out to be one of the more interesting human beings to ever coach the game of football because he was so much more than that. I mean, this guy had a law degree from Pepperdine. Um, He probably could have been a litigator and been extremely successful at it. He had one of the most deadpan senses of humor of maybe any coach in any sport that I've ever, you know, paid any attention to. But the thing about it is, you know, you you never, he was always so deadpan about everything. You know, when he would tell a story, his his voice would never really change. And I'm going to tell you, you know, I've told this story more than once. The Cajuns interviewed Mike Leach for their head coaching job when he was the offensive coordinator at Kentucky. And he was so deadpan and so... He just came across as one of the most boring individuals that you would ever meet and wasn't even seriously considered for the job. And look who he turned out to be. I mean, it, it's, just, it's just crazy how that man evolved. Uh, and and what, what great 
what great stuff came out of his mouth because you could ask him the dumbest question in the world. You could ask him about Halloween candy, and he would go into this pontification that would take three and a half minutes to, to tell you that candy corn was not the best. And, you know, somebody asked him, I, and I just saw, I, I saw this, I don't know, yesterday uh, on, on social media. Somebody said, how do you want to be, how do you want to be remembered? And he said, I don't care. It's their problem. I'm, I'll be dead. And I've never heard anybody say that. You know, they, well, I, I hope I'm remembered as somebody that was a good person. And he didn't want, he didn't want any part of that. He was just so different from personality-wise from any coach in any sport that I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, absolute legend. And uh, the, the candy corn thing always makes me laugh because I agree with him. It's absolutely awful. You know what? You, you know you know what's bad. Well, I mean, I mean, look. If candy corn's so bad, why do they sell so much of it? That's, well, that's obviously, a good point. to some people, it ain't that bad. You know what's bad? And I don't even know what to call them. You know, and and I don't. You know, this might be more of a a, a generational thing. I don't even know if you're going to know what I'm talking about. But but there's these orange things that look like peanuts. Yeah, that are Halloween candy. That are that yep. are to me. That's the most disgusting thing. Yeah, ever. they're they're bad too. The circus peanuts. They're bad. They're bad too. And I and 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 there are people who would eat candy corn before they eat black licorice. Now I'm okay with black licorice. I I mean I don't go out of my way to get it, but but I think it's all right. Uh, but I you know I I think candy corn is um, probably the most misunderstood candy because everybody says it's terrible. Yet they sell a crap ton of it every year. Yeah, that, that's fair. Quickly wrapping up with Jay Walker, uh, former Cajuns defensive coordinator Ron Roberts, named defensive coordinator at Auburn today. What are your thoughts on that move? I think that's great. Let me tell you, I like Ron Roberts a lot. You know, Ron Roberts is, was, you know, he was he was the perfect foil for Billy Napier because Billy was so chill and laid back, and he'd go in and he'd. And Ron Roberts was nothing like that. And, and he was a guy that, as a defensive coordinator, he was, he was a good motivator, but he, he yelled and he cussed a lot and he did. But the dude knows defensive football. And I thought he did a super job in the couple of years that he was with the Cajuns. He helped Baylor win, uh, win a conference championship. Now he's going to get another chance, uh, this time in the SEC. I couldn't be happier. I'm a Ron Roberts fan, always have been. I think he's a great guy. Jay Walker joining us for Cajun's Corner. Jay, we'll do it again next week, and we've got a bowl game to preview, my friend. Uh, and we shall do that. Um, but in the meantime, I think we're going to try to win a game in Lake Charles tomorrow night. But as Absolutely. always, thanks for having me on. Go Cajuns. Tune in next week for another edition of Cajun's Corner here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Wrapping up hour number one. Let's get to the poll question. We really haven't gotten to that much yet. What is your favorite Christmas movie? Is it Elf? Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, 
Any others that you can think of? I mean, there's plenty of Christmas movies to choose from. Looking at the popular votes, though, Elf and Home Alone are tied at 38.5%. 15 goes to Other, and then the other 7.7% goes to Christmas Vacation. A couple of the comments. Waylon said, Four Christmases, bro. And then there's Salty Steve. Die Hard. Die Hard. <laughs> With Ray commenting, It's a Christmas movie. Stop. Stop it. It's a Christmas movie. You don't. I, I can tell by your face you don't even believe it. I know. I, don't. <laughs> I, can, I, don't. I can tell by your the face. Only, the only thing Christmas about it is that there was a Christmas party and the final scene occurred on Christmas Day. I was going to say the fact that it just kind of happened during right. the Christmas holiday. It right. wasn't the main theme. Um, Four Christmases. Look, I, the, the guy the, the guy that said Four Christmases, I, I don't trust his opinion. So... We'll, uh, I don't trust it with my life. Well, uh, he, 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 this dude's one of my best friends. Um, so I, I don't trust his opinion. I, I don't think that, that that's going to be a good movie. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, my favorite Christmas movie? God, there's so many. There's so many good ones. Polar Express, Elf, yep, The yep. Grinch. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, Grinch are we talking about? Both of them. They're both good. Okay. Uh, there's so many good ones. I, I mean, I actually prefer Home Alone two over Home Alone. I like the loss. I agree with that. I like the loss in New York more. I would agree with that. Our number one in the books. Our number two. Who that Wednesday with Brendan Ertel is next here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.